Good morning, and welcome to worship today. Special welcome to any uh, guests or friends we have joining us online or on the phone today. We're so glad that you are here. And I'd like to uh, remind you and encourage you to, uh, to participate actively in these worship services, to find some way to set aside this time for God, uh, to perhaps light a candle in your home, or uh, simply just uh, participate by speaking the spoken responses uh, and participating by perhaps standing and sitting in your, in your home, but find some way uh, to actively participate so that we can be worshiping together today, uh, even in this distant way. I did want to say that uh, the Planning Council met this week to take a look at some of the uh, numbers in our area regarding the pandemic. Uh, for now, we are remaining paused in February, but uh, we are keeping a close eye, and there is good news. Cases and hospitalizations, many of those numbers are, are starting to go down, um, and so we're, we're remaining paused for the moment, but uh, we are hoping to be back together soon. So I hope that we can feel uh, uh, hopeful and optimistic at this time, but we are remaining paused for just a little bit longer. I want to say as well that today, uh, the last Sunday in January, is often remembered as Reconciling in Christ Sunday. Um, Trinity is a Reconciling in Christ congregation, which means we uh, have committed ourselves to being a community that is welcoming and affirming of the LGBTQIA plus community. And so we will be celebrating Reconciling in Christ Sunday later on when we can be back in person, but Many congregations around the country today will be recommitting themselves and celebrating our siblings who are LGBTQIA plus today. So let's remember them in our prayers and let's continue to commit ourselves to that work. Today after worship is our annual meeting of the congregation uh, and that will start at 11 o'clock on Google Meet. It's an online meeting. Um, information about how to join on computer or by phone was sent out. Um, we'll, we'll probably put that in the Facebook group as well if you're looking for that information again. Uh, we're starting at 11 o'clock in part to give some time for our assistants to, uh, who are here today to get in front of a computer or on the phone. Uh, but we'd really like to encourage you to attend. That's an important part of our church life together, and it would be wonderful if we had a good turnout for that. So today at 11 is our annual meeting. You can start logging on early, which will give us a chance to make sure we have everyone on. Finally, a couple of updates to our prayers. Uh, I think many of you will have heard by now that uh, Pastor Gary Cobes, one of Trinity's former pastors, he was pastor here for 14 years, uh, passed away recently. There will be a service for him at Luther Memorial on Saturday, February 5th. Um, and we'll, we'll share more information about uh, uh, his obituary and other information soon. So please be praying for Miriam and uh, the other members of Gary Cobes' family and loved ones. Also want to hold in our prayers today uh, the family of John Bingham. John uh, is a member of our church family. Uh, he's the brother of Virginia Domingut, um, and he passed away uh, early on Friday morning, and so we are praying for John's family today as well. 
It is good to be with you this morning, gathered around the presence of Christ. Welcome to worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates us, redeems us, and calls us by name. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, We confess that we have sinned against you and your beloved children. We have turned our faces away from your glory when it did not appear as we expected. We have rejected your word when it made us confront ourselves. We have failed to show hospitality to those you called us to welcome. Accept our repentance for the things we have done and the things we have left undone. For the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, and lead us, that we may bathe in the glory of your Son born among us, and reflect your love for all creation. Amen. Rejoice in this good news. In Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven. You are descendants of the Most High, adopted into the household of Christ, and inheritors of eternal life. Live as freed and forgiven children of God. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and love, that we may obtain what you promise. Make us love what you command. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. first reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be to God. We will be reading Psalm 71 responsibly. In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me and set me free. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. You are my crag and my stronghold. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the clutches of the evildoer and the oppressor. For you are my hope, O Lord God, my confidence since I was young. I have been sustained by you ever since I was born. From my mother's womb you have been my strength. My praise shall be always with you. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to say to all in the synagogue in Nazareth, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in a prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you, friends, from our heavenly parent and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in 1959... A toy inventor named Reuben Klamer traveled to Springfield, Massachusetts, to the headquarters of Milton Bradley. He was going to make a pitch, and the first pitch he made for a new game uh, was a bit of a flop. But 
they liked his artwork, so they asked him if he'd work on a game in honor of their 100th anniversary of the company. So over the next year, he went to work, and Klamer developed what would become the Game of Life, which has now been around for more than 60 years. If you can imagine it, the first version cost $6 and, picture, and fe- featured a picture from the network television star art link letter on the game box with the tagline, I heartily endorse this family game. Maybe you've played the game of life before, the board game. But in case you haven't, the object of the game is to travel through the path of life, making decisions about college and career, family and retirement as you go. You look for success along the way, and in the end, you count up your money while you're sitting in your retirement at the millionaire estates, and the person with the highest net worth at the end of the game wins. You know, if only real life were as easy or as straightforward as the game of life, and it seems a little strange to boil down the meaning of life to accumulating the most stuff, the most money, but a lot of people live their life that way. A lot of people live as if the person with the most money at the end wins. And it's not just money that seems to have this power over us. We're all on a search for meaning, for what matters in the end, whether it's money or recognition or pleasure or comfort or virtue. We want to know what counts, what lasts, what endures. We want to know how to win. Unlike the game of life, the meaning and ends of real life are perhaps a little more murky, a little more confused. Perhaps at times when we're not sure if we're doing better, we settle for comparison. We look at our neighbor and we say, well, I may not have won, but at least I'm better than that person. It reminds me of playing dominoes with some friends we have named Mary and Jane. Mary and Jane have a house rule for the end of the game. Whoever plays the last domino in the last round gets to decide if points are good or if points are bad. So it adds a final twist to the game. Usually, in the way we play, you try to get as few points as possible. So if you're playing well, you could go into the last round thinking that you're in first place. But if the person who happens to play the last tile that round isn't you and doesn't want you to win, they could change all that. They could, so, they could say that points are good in the end. You would, move from last, you would move from first place to last place, and the person who thought they were going to lose the whole game uh, rockets to first place at the very end of the game. It makes the last round of the game pretty interesting <coughs> because it's hard to know how to play when you don't know what, you're, what you should be aiming for, if you should be aiming for more points or fewer points. How are you supposed to play to win if you don't know if points are going to be good or bad in the end? If life were a game, we'd want to know how to win from the start, right? We'd want to know if points were good or if points were bad. We'd want to know what counts, what matters, what lasts, so we could focus on those things. We're all wondering what matters in the end. I want to direct our attention to our second reading for today from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul is writing to a community in conflict, and among the issues that divided this ancient church 
was an argument over spiritual gifts. Some thinks that their gift makes them better or more important than others in the community. They've turned life into a game with winners and losers, or at least some people who are doing better than others. They've turned church into a competition where we're all trying to be better than the person next to us. For Paul, this is the opposite of what a church should be. For him, this is a disaster. Last Sunday, we heard the first part of his response to this conflict. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says the church is like a body, that we are the body of Christ, that we need each other because we are all members of the same body. You can't be the body of Christ with just a hand and a foot. You need all the other parts of the body, too. And Paul says we shouldn't try to rank the parts of the body because sometimes the weakest members of the body are the most important. In other words, he's saying, stop trying to beat your neighbor in the game of life. Stop trying to compete with each other in the game of church. You need one another to be the body of Christ. But Paul ends chapter 12 with the words, I will show you a still more excellent way. And those words are the lead-in to our reading in chapter 13. The more excellent way is the way of love, which is what he turns to in this chapter. We often hear 1 Corinthians 13 read at weddings because it is a beautiful proclamation about the nature of love, the meaning of love. But Paul isn't addressing a couple here. He's speaking to a congregation. He's speaking to a community like us. He's telling a church about how they should be in communion with one another. He's telling the church about what matters in the end. 1 Corinthians 13 is a twist of sorts, kind of like points are good or points are bad, because it turns all of our expectations about what counts upside down. It tells us what lasts, what endures, and it might not be what we expect. In Corinth, there were these people who were able to speak in tongues, a private prayer language of sorts. And they thought this made them special, or more special than everyone else. Paul says that even if you have this special ability and you don't have love, you're nothing but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. There are others in this community at Corinth who are known for their power in prophesying, in speaking, in proclamation. These are the smartest and wisest and most faithful people in the room. But Paul says to them, well, that's great and all, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. And likewise, you could be the most pious and justice-seeking person in the world, Paul says. You could give away all your possessions like, like a saint, like St. Saint Francis. Or you could die as a martyr, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. But if you did all that and you still didn't have love, you gain nothing says Paul. We might expect that the things that will endure are the things that the world tends to value. Things like the biggest bank account or if historians write about us or who has uh, the biggest monument. Or more modestly for most of us, if our family, friends, and community think highly of us, if we leave a legacy of some sorts. Or we might expect to get points for being spiritual and moral, at least, that's what the Corinthians thought. But, so, but Paul says that not even that matters in the end. None of that will endure. 
Prophecies will end. Tongues will cease. And knowledge only goes so far. It's not like these things are bad or aren't useful in a life or in a community, but they need to be kept in proper perspective. Because in the end, they amount to nothing if we don't have love. Because, Paul says, love never ends. Love endures. Love counts. It is love that will matter ultimately. It reminds me of that quote from Teresa of Calcutta, She said that we can do no great things in this life, only small things with great love. I'm not sure how you would turn any of this into a board game. Life, it turns out, is not a game with winners and losers. It's not measured in net worth or brownie points or victories over our neighbors. The love and grace of God is a great leveler in this way. No one can boast because we all find our worth and salvation in God's love. God is the source of the love that Paul talks about. It is God who is ultimately patient and kind to all of us. That's kind of what's going on in our gospel reading. There are people in Jesus' hometown who think they should be somehow special because Jesus came from their hometown, that he is like them. But Jesus says that he also came for those outsiders, just like how God came uh, throughout the story of Israel. If life were a game, Paul is letting us in on a secret. He's letting us read the rules beforehand, the instructions. He's letting us know that the rules have been changed because of Jesus. The things that we used to think mattered don't anymore. They are basically nothing if we don't have love. He ends this chapter by saying, for now we know only in part We prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became adult, I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, And the greatest of these is love. In other words, if you are aiming for where this is going, for where Christ is leading us, faith, hope, and love are our guides. That's what matters. That's what endures. That is what counts. And the greatest of faith, hope, and love is love. Last week I shared about uh, Jesus' mission statement in Luke chapter 4. And then I read Trinity's mission statement. And I wanted to remind us of that today. Our mission is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. In other words, we are called to be a community of love because Christ loved us first. Our witness is our love because love never ends. As we gather for our annual meeting today, we'll be making some decisions about our budget, about our church life together, and those are important things because we are stewards of God's gifts for us. But our bottom line is different from a business. Our bottom line is different from other organizations because our bottom line is love. Our bottom line is this mission to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ. We are only heading in the right direction. We are only playing the game correctly 
if we are loving one another, and if we are a witness to the love of Christ in the world. That is our bottom line, because love never ends. Love endures. Love matters. Amen.
The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance. So we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. Hear our prayer. Teach us to live in humility on the earth, curb arrogance that leads to destruction of natural resources, and disregard for future generations. Inspire the work of scientists who urge us to live in harmony with your creation. God of grace, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. God of grace, hear our prayer. Your grace falls upon young and old alike. Give us humble hearts to follow the leadership of children. Inspire us with their laughter, their insight, and their curiosity. God of grace, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We praise you for those who have gone before us and now see you face to face, especially the Reverend William Gary Tobes. Abide with us in this mortal life until we rest in the arms of your never-ending love. God of grace, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We lift up special prayers today, God, for the family of John Bingham. Uh, we pray for uh, his, his family, for his sister Virginia, and for all who knew, loved him, and are now grieving him. God of grace, hear, hear our, our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also, and also with you. Take some time to greet one another uh, with a word of peace. Use the comment section. Uh, find some way to reach out over the phone or find some way to share the peace of Christ with your church family today. Peace be with you. And then a reminder uh, that there are a few ways you can continue to 
support and sustain the ministry and mission of Trinity Lutheran today uh, through our gifts, uh, gifts during offering. Uh, you can give online on our website, tlcmsn.org, and click on online giving, or you can send in an offering to our mailing address at 1904 Winnebago Street. And thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity uh, in this time. We'll now hear our musical offering for today. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, sovereign of the universe. You offer us new beginnings and guide us on our journey. Lead us to your table, nourish us with this heavenly food, and prepare us to carry your love to a hungry world. In the name of Christ, our light. 
Amen. The Lord be with you. And also, and also with, with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We, we lift, lift them to, to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It, it is, is right, right to, to give, give our, our thanks, thanks and, and praise. praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. one the beginning and the end the giver of life blessed are you for the birth of creation blessed are you in the darkness and in the light blessed are you for your promise to your people blessed are you in the prophets hopes and dreams blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will blessed are you for your son Jesus the word made flesh on the night in which he was betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ is, Christ is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth in his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Come, come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Come Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now if you have gathered elements at home, uh, you may commune with one another uh, at this time.
If you are gathered with other people, uh, share the elements you have gathered with the words, the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And if you are not with other people, then hear my voice as a voice from outside yourself offering you these gifts in the name of Jesus. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And if you do not have the elements in front of you or if you are electing to fast, then receive this blessing. Jesus loves you, forgives your sins. You are God's beloved child. Amen. Come to God's table. There is a place for you and enough for all. And now, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Amen. We give you thanks, gracious God, for we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all. Strengthen with the richness of your grace in your Son, Jesus Christ.
Final reminder of our annual meeting, which will be happening at 11 o'clock. You can start signing on at 10:45, but I encourage you to please attend our meeting after worship today. And now, God, who leads you in pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you and who calls you by name, bless your going out and your coming in today and forever. Amen. Amen. Go with Christ into a weary world. Share the good news. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.